One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The truth is the most convincing story Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. Thursday, October 5th, 2023, the 988th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms. And of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So pretty much most of last year, I said 2023 is going to be about rhino hunting. And that became abundantly clear once we really started approaching the midterms and then perfectly clear, undeniably clear when Donald Trump whispered his first desanctimonious and the entire Ron DeSantis op 
began. It was quite clear at that point that a bunch of the people who were looked at as very staunch, solid conservatives were in fact just operators of the global regime. Now, you might think that sounds a little severe, a little harsh, a little extreme, a little uncalled for. You might say these people are really genuine, staunch conservatives. They have been for their career. They have a record of being staunch conservatives for decades now. How can you say they're not staunch conservatives and instead supporting the regime? You are being divisive with an ally. And I said, well, it's clear by the decisions that they're making that the end result is that they are supporting the regime. And not only are they supporting the regime on some small level to make their lives easier, to increase their public reputation within the party of false decorum, perhaps for profit. They are actually supporting the regime in the most important ways. Primary among those is the denial of election fraud in our country. And the claim that even if they accept that there are problems with our elections in this country, that these problems can be solved through elections or that there's nothing that we can do about them. And the way to fix our elections is through the system. Maybe the 2020 election was stolen legally or that the problem was Republicans weren't willing to play the game according to the rules created, no matter how unconstitutional and unjustifiable and guaranteeing of an unverifiable election, those rules are, even if they're making those kinds of excuses and seem conservative about everything else, they still have accepted the regime's system of elections. And if they understand the regime system of elections, they know that there is absolutely no chance that our elections can possibly elect legitimate representatives for our government. Therefore, we have an illegitimate government. Therefore, we have a government that governs and rules the people without the consent of the governed. That is antithetical to the notion of the United States of America as provided by our founders as laid out in our founding documents. If that no longer matters to you, you should stop calling yourself a conservative. But the truth is the conservative label doesn't really matter either. We talked about this a bit yesterday. What does it mean when these people call themselves conservatives if they're explicitly supporting a global regime agenda? And particularly when it comes to the corruption in our federal government, which the Uniparty is clearly obsessed with holding on to. And we're watching all of that play out right now. But these same people also attest to the validity of the regime's election system. And that is a problem because they know about that election system. They know the system cannot provide any chance at having a legitimate government. So what does it mean to be conservative? They are the controlled opposition while the regime's global agenda gets implemented decade after decade after decade after decade. Everybody's familiar with the old George H.W. Bush video, him talking about a new world order. That was 35 years ago. Do you think he was joking? We can see it now in real life. That means for 35 years, the Republican establishment has been pursuing that agenda or allowing that agenda at the very least. Maybe there are some in there who aren't actively pursuing it for profit, but the rest of them find creative ways to sell their offices in pursuit of that agenda and the companies they bring in, the companies 
who pay them get to participate in the implementation of that agenda. And here we are toward the end of that process. Look on the World Economic Forum partners page, weforum.org slash partners. Look at their partners. Oh, it's all those companies that have implemented the agenda that are participating in the agenda, tech companies, financial companies, retail companies, media companies, entertainment companies. They are all empowered to create the false reality of the global regime. The reality that convinces all the people participating in it to support that global regime and their agenda. Wear a mask. It's not a big deal is not all that far away from you will own nothing and you will be happy. We can see the implementation of the agenda. We can see those companies. We can see which companies the politicians support. We can see which companies participate in the agenda, convincing people to do things. Those same companies are the ones who pay for mass media on both sides of the uniparty, the uniparty left, the uniparty right, both sides. And what is it you think they're paying for? Now, when you talk about the rhino hunting thing and hey, let's be clear, feds, I'm not calling for anyone to actually hunt anyone. Okay. (laughs) Using it, you know, metaphorically, just like everybody else who uses it. It is never a threat of violence. And there's nobody listening to this show stupid enough to think it ever might be. That is just another media creation as well. And I know it's very convincing to Democrats and people who are scared of Trump supporters, which is also another thing that culture is inflicting on society. Isn't that crazy? It's like it's a hate movement or something. Gosh, who's been saying that? Oh yeah, me for like years. I can't wait to see who eventually gets credit for observing that and being willing to name it. I'm certain it'll be someone with a much larger platform and following than me. Why would I get credit for all the things I come up with? And oh, by the way, yesterday, hilarious. Some communist responded to one of my you sound vaccinated memes by posting a meme of her own. And the meme is like a massive Buzz Lightyear toy with all these tiny toys all around him. I guess that's what it is. And uh, it says, you sound vaccinated over the big Buzz Lightyear. And then all the little Buzz Lightyears, it says, free thinking in quotes, conservatives, all the little Buzz Lightyear toys are saying you sound vaccinated. And so I guess that makes me the big Buzz Lightyear. And I also think it's absolutely hilarious that my thing has now become a meme for the other side that they claim (laughs) every quote unquote free thinking conservative says they think they're making the point that everybody is repeating this thing in an unthinking fashion. They believe that people saying the same thing proves that there is no thought behind it. And it's because they sound vaccinated (laughs) and don't know what it means And don't understand that as a free thinker, you actually do know what sounds vaccinated. Hey, that person sounds vaccinated. That person sounds like they believe everything so much that they definitely got vaccinated. There is no way that person who still believes the TV did not get vaccinated. 
There's no way that person avoided the peer pressure and the manipulation campaign. That person got the COVID shot 100% and the degree to which they are still repeating things off the television is the degree to which you can tell how recently they've been boosted. The people out there saying you sound vaccinated understand that because they're free thinkers enough to have avoided all that stuff. So the meme kind of proves itself and proves my point. And the fact that it says every free thinking conservative is saying that phrase. I mean, hey, it's an honor just being nominated. But back to the prior subject, there is no threat of violence implicit or otherwise in the phrase rhino hunting. Every thinking adult knows what you mean. The only people who believe that's violent are the retarded. The idea is not that these people will somehow be eliminated. The hunt is to find who they are. Why don't we call it rhino tracking? Does that make you happier feds? We're going to track those rhinos and we're going to figure out who they are, just like we're going to track all communists and figure out who they are, because we all have to know the entire world right now is tuning and refining their communist detectors. And that bodes very well for the future of the free world, the future of this anti-communist effort. We can't just have this happening again and again and again because we refuse to take this issue seriously. We set ourselves up to just allow the regime to recover and rebuild and build back better and then come back allow this system of evil to persist because we participate in the same party of false decorum standards as the communists themselves. We still accept some of their framings about how it's appropriate for us to act. They pervert and undefine our principles until they can use them against us, accusing people of being hypocrites. Most people don't want to be in confrontation the entire time. And so if somebody using these principles, goes and calls them out, they will probably back down, even though they are the principled people doing the morally right thing, fighting for the correct causes. We just allow this thing to persist and reform itself because we don't want to be seen as being the sorts of people who don't judge. That doesn't mean we have to take away anyone's rights to think or believe or speak as they want. And we will respond to those thoughts and we will say, hey, you want to be a communist? All good. We're going to use our speech to make sure people understand that the right amount of communism to introduce is zero. Stop trying to control people's lives. Stop trying to get what you want by saying it's really for everyone else. And stop trying to justify how you cheating the system is actually okay because of your expressed beliefs and how they help other people. We are tuning and refining our communism detectors. That's so that we can know when it comes time to choose and make important decisions, we are consistently able to figure out which path does the work of the regime or leads us toward sovereign individualism in sovereign nations, the path of freedom it's not about making lists of people whose lives must be destroyed. It's about understanding how to tell one thing from the other and then figuring out how to do your part 
in encouraging people to choose the path that eventually leads to more freedom and human liberty. Because right now, most people just choose whichever path leads to more stuff. And that path always includes a whole lot of communism. Now, if you've been awake for a few years or maybe longer, maybe you woke up in 2020, maybe early 2021, maybe the vax was like your last straw kind of person, then you probably by now have a pretty good communism detector. You understand what that regime is and what it's all about, why COVID happened, why the vaccine happened, why this thing happened worldwide. You probably understand the concept of the Great Reset. You understand about the UN. You understand about the World Economic Forum. You've seen that thing. You get it. You can see what it is when it emerges. And you're able to point it out for other people and say, hey, you see that? That is part of this agenda. That's part of this thing that is a problem. And so there's a strong chance that this thing you're looking at right now, that's a problem as well. And here's an example, actually, from when I was driving around this summer, I got to see a whole bunch of the country and it was really very cool. Got to see 14 different states, I believe, on the eastern half of the United States. And in one of those states, I stopped for kind of a little mini family reunion and two of the young kids in the family, we took them to play mini golf at this indoor mini golf place. The course was really cool. One of these kind of new high tech things where all the scoring is done like it is in bowling. It's all automated. The balls have little sensors. It's very, very interesting. Very high tech, very technocracy bordering on dystopian, especially when you begin putting your names into the system because it like wants your email and your birth date and your personal details so that they can get everybody's data put it into the big database and then share it with all the other companies to build out this complete and total profile of everything you do and everything you are, everything you spend money on everywhere you go. And of course, who you're there with so they can know who you know and know that when they're tracking that other person, they're sort of tracking you too. Gosh, it's so fun. Do I participate in any of those things ever? No, of course not. You want fake information? I guess I'll give you fake information, but the best amount is zero information at all. Now, that was a pretty good clue that something was amiss here. What sort of company is this? I asked myself. It seems pretty clear with this very, very dystopian high-tech scoring system that is totally just for your convenience and fun that there is another agenda involved. At minimum, they're selling data to someone else. That's the only reason to collect all the data. They're not just concerned with emailing you advertisements. The reason so many companies are so valuable is for the data they produce for that great database in the cloud. When I see stuff like that, I'm immediately like, oh, this place is regime as hell. And if you really want to understand the extent of this, look at the payment processing systems wherever you go. Most of the companies involved there, especially the ones that have the touchscreen and want to get your data, your phone number for whatever it is, you always have a good in on the payment processor. And then when you see those payment processors in places, you look up the place, often place tied into agenda as well. It's just a common thing. 
Does that mean everybody who owns all of these places are diehard communists who must be destroyed? No, of course not. But it does mean they're getting sold products that they probably don't understand. They want their business to run well. They are occasionally incentivized to use these systems. And a lot of businesses fall prey to that right now because the economy is not all that great. They want some breaks where they can find them. And they think, oh, this payment processor helps my company make money. It provides a seamless experience for the customer. All of this seems great. And they move forward because they're not thinking about whether or not each and everything they do in their lives helps the project of the regime. And that's okay. I'm not saying everybody should be obsessed with this all the time, but it's good to notice and then to think, is there another store that I could go to where I might not have this dystopian experience, a place where I might feel like I'm supporting a company with better values, perhaps? That's a good thing to think about. We express our priorities through our actions. And by the way, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. Sometimes I'm not even good at it. Sometimes I'm not even paying attention at all, but it is good to try to pay attention and be conscious of these things. That's all I'm saying. So I'm already a little weirded out by this place as we begin to play. And then over the course of playing through a couple of rounds, maybe we're there for an hour. I notice that out of about 40 employees in either their late teens or early 20s, there is not one single white employee. And it's not because of the broader demographics of the area. It's very clear that zero out of 40 employees are white. That's rather shocking to me. So we have the data thing, and then we have not a single white employee. Well, that is very odd. No matter how our demographics are changing, this is the sort of thing that can only happen intentionally. And so I look the company up and it turns out their parent company has a DEI initiative stated plainly on their website that they are going to apply these principles in their hiring. Now, I didn't spend too long going deep down that rabbit hole, but it's certainly there. And that was detectable just from these two parts of the experience in their location. That's something I would have never noticed five years ago. Maybe it would have had a weird vibe. Maybe I would have known that this place was woke. Maybe I would have thought that the store manager had priorities that reflected that Marxist conversation about race in this country, but I may not have realized it at all. I certainly wouldn't have understood that this company is absolutely linked to this global agenda. But once you understand what it is, once you understand the facets and how you can see them playing out in the real world, it becomes really easy to detect these things. The communism detector gets tuned very finely. So it doesn't take much to be like, oh, yeah, I see where that's going. And that's a good thing. It should be applied broadly to virtually everyone and everything everywhere. But hey, that's just me. The point I'm making is that a lot of people have had that refined over the last few years. And now we are able to do that pretty easily for subjects related to that global agenda, subjects related to the gender agenda, for instance, or the race agenda. We can spot those things pretty easily, almost as easily as we can tell who has the wee-wees and who has the hoo-hahs, even without the help of Matt Walsh, the world's leading producer of trans content. The problem 
is when it comes to Matt Walsh and many of these other figures and many of the uniparty right politicians, a lot of people on our side have developed an affinity for these people or a faith in them. Because at certain times over the last five years or 10 years or 40 years or 50 years, these people have become like confidants to many conservatives, many conservatives, because they are too polite or too reserved or just don't want to be involved in these conversations. They resist the confrontation. They don't want to express their views around liberals, which also makes it so that liberals think they're right and that everybody agrees all the time. You got to eliminate that. You got to take responsibility at least to tend your own yard. But a lot of people don't express those things. So they don't hear other people express those things. And then it becomes that radio hosts or television hosts or podcast hosts or writers in print media become the people that you feel like you can associate with. Finally, someone is speaking my language. Finally, someone is saying to those people, all the things that I want to be saying, I know that person. Well, that person is my friend. That person is my ally. And a bunch of you might think that about me. And I'm honored that you think that, but you shouldn't think of me that way. Not if it leads you to believing that I am an authority on what you should believe. I'm not telling you what to believe. I don't want you to believe the things that I believe just because I believe them. You can believe them if they sound right to you, if you can argue for them, if you feel right and righteous by saying and believing the things that I am communicating because I've made a good argument or you can see it reflect in your life. That's wonderful, but I don't want you to trust me. You don't need to trust me. Think about what I say. Verify what I say to yourself. It doesn't have to meet other people's standards. You're allowed to believe whatever you want, but I don't want you to believe it because Chris Paul said it or because I have gravitas or because you think I'm a serious person. I try to show you every day. I'm not that serious. I mean, I am about to work, but the point is I don't want one of my characteristics to be the thing that makes my argument for me. And I don't want your relationship with me to be what makes you believe the things I say. I don't want or need your trust. I am information among other information, just as all information is. It is up to you to decide which information seems to map onto reality and then how you put it together. And if you think I am convincing, then you accept my idea for a time until you believe my idea becomes unconvincing or until someone else presents a better idea. And this needs to be how people interact with media and with politicians, with influencers, podcast hosts, radio hosts, whatever it is, people need to be applying objective standards. It's not reputation or credentials or I trust this guy or this guy felt like a companion when there were no other conservatives around. So many of those people are not conservatives. That's why the regime pays them a million dollars a week. Steven Crowder was offered $35 million a year at Daily Wire and turned it down. How much do you think Ben Shapiro makes or Michael Knowles or Matt Walsh, the country's leading producer of trans content? You think that's all from selling Jeremy Boring's razors? Of course not. What ideas are these people expressing 
that are so conservative that this is what we need. There are none of those ideas. They have given the country away for 35 years. They have been dead wrong about everything that matters. They pretended to support America first principles while Donald Trump was in office in his first term. And they express some support for some America first ideas when necessary, so as not to completely turn off the Republican and conservative base. What does that say about their conservative principles? They are only America first when they can't afford not to be. And the point is, we have to be able to spot this quickly and effectively and then accept the answer for what it is. And too many people are unwilling to do that. Over the last few days, I've seen all of these anti-Matt Gates arguments about this whole speaker thing, talking about how, oh, well, if something happens and the Democrats seize power, then it's all Matt Gates's fault. What are you talking about? What could you possibly be talking about? You are repeating something you heard on television and we can trace back on television and on podcasts and on X, formerly Twitter, where you heard that thing. I know what is being said. There's no one who can make sense of that thought. That thought is unintelligible. If Democrats take power, it's Matt Gates's fault. Kevin McCarthy at 126 Republicans just voted over the weekend with 209 Democrats to spend trillions and trillions of dollars, actually to invent out of nothing trillions and trillions of dollars, then spend those dollars and pin it all to the backs of American taxpayers. They call it the full faith and credit of the American people. That is the indentured servitude of the American people, the labor for the foreseeable future. And honestly, the unforeseeable future, it is so long into the distance that the American people have been committed against their will to indentured servitude for the central banks that saying the foreseeable future does not actually express how long they have us in indentured servitude as long as this system persists. So Republicans voted with Democrats to keep this system in place, maximizing the money laundering and corruption and the debasement of people all around the world as an effect of this global fiat dollar. They just did more of that with Democrats. Then Kevin McCarthy, and this is a wonderful optical thing, if you are us, by the way, the story being told is meant to blunt the optical impact. But Patrick McHenry moving Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer out of their Capitol offices shows the country that Kevin McCarthy did not do that. Now, this is being told to us as Republicans getting revenge for the Democrats going along with Gates and them. That's not what it is. It's clearly not what it is. The effect of this is going to be the public understanding that Kevin McCarthy allowed Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer to stay in the Capitol. There's nothing else to draw from that. The talk is that there was a deal between McCarthy and Pelosi and Biden that McCarthy would help them with the Ukraine spending and that when the motion to vacate came, Nancy Pelosi would have Democrats helping the Republicans keep McCarthy 
in the role of speaker. And let's say they're right. Let's say that he kicked them out for revenge. Ridiculous. But let's say that's somehow true. It still doesn't matter because the country is discovering that McCarthy had this deal in place with Democrats and that he allowed Pelosi and Hoyer to maintain their offices there. They tell us that's tradition. That doesn't matter. The tradition being continued was the ongoing corruption of the legislative branch of our government. So you can't say that it's Matt Gates's fault if Democrats take power when establishment Republicans would have to help them do that. And after they've already been working with Democrats for everything else, that spending, they thought they were working with Democrats to keep McCarthy as speaker. They're just establishment uniparty right Republican rhinos in the first place. They've already been advancing the global agenda and profiting personally off of that, not doing the work of the people. So what part of their career does not include helping the Democrats? They are the controlled opposition. They exist so that the global regime can advance while the people bicker over made up political issues. So no one ever understands that they're being lied to about everything while these people facilitate that great reset, one world global order, with everyone believing that the people have voted for all of it. The entire thing is an illusion saying that Matt Gates would have worked with Democrats to hand over the House to them makes no sense whatsoever. The House is already theirs. The Uniparty is the Uniparty. The People's House has been the Uniparty's house for a very long time. That's why the whole Uniparty is melting down about this new development. There's not another reason. That's the reason. If Democrats seize power somehow through this, it will be because establishment Republicans helped them. And then we would know who those establishment Republicans are, and they'd be more on display than they ever were before. This would be more public exposure and disclosure than when 10 Republicans in that House voted with the Democrats to impeach Donald Trump in the second impeachment hoax. Most of them are now gone. Another good litmus test was whether or not a certain congressman or a certain senator failed to object to the electors on January 6th. The election was illegitimate. It was illegitimately certified. The electors for Joe Biden were therefore illegitimate. And so was the entirety of January 6th that didn't even follow the rules of that procedure. That was a pretty good litmus test. The impeachment vote, pretty good litmus test. This vote over the weekend for ongoing spending for this continuing resolution, pretty good litmus test. This speaker vote, pretty good litmus test. And we are going to see all of these people put through it in the next few weeks, I imagine, as they try to figure out who the next speaker will be. But we need to be prepared to understand that those people who said the nice things on TV, those strangers on television who talk about politics aren't all our friends. People are upset that anyone is doubting Jim Jordan. Well, hey, here's the thing about Jim Jordan. Donald Trump has said many wonderful things about him for a very long time. 
He awarded Jim Jordan the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the same medal he awarded to Devin Nunes, who is now the CEO of Truth Social. So there is obviously a good relationship there between Trump and Nunes ongoing. You can imagine that the relationship is the same with Jim Jordan. Maybe Jim Jordan is just playing his role perfectly and it is not his time yet to do super MAGA things. Maybe he needs to be seen keeping his hands off this stuff. So it doesn't look like it's just MAGA, but we can't be certain about that. And we need to be prepared for the possibility. It's not true. Same thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene. She seems like she's playing her role and that she's very MAGA. She's talked about stolen elections. I've got no problem with Marjorie Taylor Greene, but that doesn't mean that I trust her. It doesn't mean I'm going to judge other things based on where they stand in relationship to Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's not going to become a standard herself. She is just another person that has to abide by certain standards in order to be approved of by me in my own personal judgment. And that's something that you have to exercise for yourself as well. Your own personal judgment. It's not my personal judgment that should matter to you. I'm going to try to tell you what my decision points are, what I think about certain things, and you can think about those things and see whether they matter to you or not. You shouldn't take my word for it. But we've also seen people who we thought were great, like Thomas Massey and Chip Roy, go out and join the DeSantis Project. Chip Roy was losing his mind this week over MAGA. Here he is talking to one of the main DeSantis simps, the garbage pail kid looking sociopath who calls us idolaters because cultists wasn't going quite far enough for him. The formerly never Trump, then sometimes Trump, and now once again, never Trump host of the con Inc outlet, the blaze, Steve Dace talking to Congressman Chip Roy. Honestly, I'm losing interest just collectively, and I'm about to just get thee to a nunnery and just, you know, go full on Billy Graham. And you all figure I don't care. I, I am reaching the point I'm paid to care. I don't care. It, it's getting harder to make me care. This is a joke. It's rudderless. And it seems as if we want to sell each other talking points that actually produce any form of substantive victory whatsoever. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, you talked about a circle of uh, you, your description of uh, pleasure. Um, I, I know what you're doing there. Uh, I would also argue that, uh, you know, some of our brothers and sisters, particularly in the, uh, you know, uh, MAGA camp, I think, uh, particularly enjoy the circular firing squad. You want to come at me and call me a rhino? You can kiss my ass. Look, I've spent a lifetime fighting for limited government conservatism. I have laid it all on the line. I've not seen my family for two days in the last 30 days. You go around talking your big game and you thumping your chest on Twitter. Yeah, come to my office and come have a debate, mother. You know why? Because I'm standing up for this country every single day. And Steve, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go to a nunnery. Because there were people who were buried over in Normandy who deserve us to stand up for what they fought for. So that's what I'm going to do. And all of you out there who are out there saying what you're saying out on social media, you stick it. I'm going to go down to the floor and do my job, and I'm going to stand up for the people who fought for this country, and I'm going to do it the way I think is right for the people that I represent. That's what I think. I mean, honestly, who the hell do these people think they are? Once you can see the uniparty, once you understand the actual split in this country, either it is the uniparty or it is the people. 
These exchanges make absolutely no sense. All of this is premised on the idea that everybody has to stick with the Republican team against the Democrat team. Once you move outside of the controlled opposition paradigm, you become very dangerous to these people because you don't have any use for these people anymore. Chip Roy is useless once he has stopped serving the people. Having someone with a little R next to his name take up that seat in Congress is not where the value is supposed to come from. The value is supposed to come from that seat in Congress representing real people back in his district and the needs of those people and having those needs represented in the Congress. That's what the seat is for. The seat is not to help make sure people with R's next to their name win rigged elections. Elections, by the way, that Chip Roy apparently attests to the legitimacy of, because otherwise he would just be blatantly supporting someone else who is trying to remove the duly elected president from the picture. Did Chip Roy object to the fraudulent electors? No, he didn't. Did Thomas Massey? No, he didn't either. Now, many people gave them the benefit of the doubt over that time and said, ah, maybe there's something else going on with that. The election's kind of its own thing. Let's leave that issue aside and see what else they do. And I can understand some of that. You want to remain open to all the possibilities and understand at least what you're working with. You don't want to just write someone off and then not read situations correctly. I understand. But had that been the litmus test, you could have saved yourself the last three years thinking about whether or not Chip Roy was a good guy. You would have had a pretty good indicator letting you know there's a strong chance that Chip Roy is not a good guy. But oh, I know he makes good speeches. He preaches the values of limited government conservatism, just as he says, I have done it for my whole career. I have preached the values of limited government conservatism. Oh, you have, have you? Well, why didn't you object to the fraudulent electors on January 6th, 2021? Did you not see all the evidence of election fraud at that point? Were you unaware of the thousands of affidavits signed from real Americans? Were you unaware that the machines were unreliable and could not produce accurate results? Were you unaware that election law and rules were changed outside the bounds of the Constitution? Were you aware that Mark Zuckerberg had spent half a billion dollars influencing that election and buying the very mail-in ballot drop boxes that were used to collect and launder countless fake mail-in ballots? Of course you were aware of all that stuff. Everyone paying attention at that time knew about all that stuff. And in fact, it is Chip Roy's job to know about that stuff. It is his fiduciary duty to his constituents to know about that stuff. But then again, Texas's elections are kind of a mess. And you got to wonder, has Chip Roy potentially benefited from stolen primaries? I'm sure that he would have been elected in his district relative to the Democrat he's up against. But what about the primaries? Now, I don't know for certain that Chip Roy is a bad guy. Maybe he is a really good actor. And maybe he has had to make some tough decisions to make all of it seem real so that we can really get the show we deserve. But there's a really strong chance that he is a bad guy. And the truth is he is a stranger to me. I don't know him. 
We can talk all day and all night about how he represents many of our values. Well, he doesn't represent the values that are most important to me. And so I have absolutely no reason to support this person in any way. And considering that he is helping to cover up the usurpation of this country and aiding in the preservation of the global regime's grip on control over this country in perhaps a permanent basis, I basically have a moral obligation to oppose him. And now he is out there screaming and yelling about the threat that is MAGA with a complete and total sociopath shaped like a softball who wants to call MAGA idolaters because we don't care about the issues he thinks we should care about and therefore will go and follow Ron. These people are insane. They have lost their minds. What about this is America first? Is it disappointing to know that Chip Roy is not on our side because it has seemed at times like he may be a good fighter for a cause? Yeah, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. But do you really care? Is it hurting your feelings? If it's still hurting your feelings, then I would suggest that maybe you're not quite where you need to be mentally for all of the stuff that is happening. Again, this is a rhino tracking season. And this is open season on rhino tracking. It is our goal to discover who these people are and expose them. It is not our goal to protect these people in order to win a rigged election in 2024. That cannot be the goal. It's also not the goal to achieve legislative victories in this Congress with a fake president who's not going to sign any legislation that might be passed in an America first fashion. We don't need anything out of this house. And I'll have more to say about that in just a second. But check out this example of true rhinoism. This is the sort of thing that must be tracked, the sort of thing that must be recognized and accepted and dealt with. Because this is a person who people think is a staunch conservative leader, a committed conservative throughout his entire life. Oh, he was involved back in the Reagan days. Oh, really? Was he involved on the George H.W. Bush side of the Reagan days? And did he continue on with George H.W. Bush and then George W. Bush and then McCain and then Romney and then anyone other than Trump in 2015 and 2016 until Trump took the nomination? Oh, then he was with Trump for a few years. And then as soon as he had the opportunity to side with the regime and attempt to eliminate Trump from the picture by denying the obvious election fraud that happened in broad daylight and is obvious to anyone with the honesty and integrity of character to simply admit what they saw. And oh, is he mostly anti-Trump now again? I know he's been a very, very staunch conservative for his whole life since the Reagan days. And what has that brought? Well, it's been 35 years. The country's been destroyed. He has been a key figure throughout that time in the conservative establishment. And we are simply supposed to accept that. We are supposed to accept his gravitas. Someone told me on X today, just an example from my time out in the wild on Twitter. Someone told me today that Mark Levin 
out gravitases Matt Gates. Therefore, he has to be listened to. Mark Levin, the great one, the great one, the great one. Out gravitases Matt Gates. He has more gravitas than Matt Gates. So we must respect what Mark Levin is saying that all of this is going to implode. It's going to be Matt Gates's fault. The Republicans are creating an own goal here. It's all going to go so, so bad. Mark Levin has been absolutely melting the hell down on Twitter all week over this speaker thing. He posted yesterday on X, formerly Twitter. It's been seen nearly a million times. This is around 5 p.m. Eastern yesterday. Here's the post, Mark Levin. And I will eventually develop a Mark Levin impression, but I tried it today and it just doesn't feel right. So we're not going to hear it today. According to Gates's perverse logic, a big thank you is owed to Hakeem Jeffries and the other Democrat Party Marxists should Jim Jordan or another conservative be elected the new speaker. Gates is busy on social media spinning and patting himself on the back. In fact, as I predicted on radio last night, if a conservative like Jim Jordan is elected speaker, he and the other seven and their media lapdogs will claim they deserve full credit. Actually, if you follow that logic, since Hakeem Jeffries, the squad and the other Democrat Party Marxists and know nothings voted to vacate the chair, I guess they deserve the most credit for a conservative speaker. Jeffries delivered the entire Democrat Party caucus. Yet just yesterday, Gates was attacking Jordan, too. He was attacking Chip Roy. Before that, he was attacking Byron Donalds. And the vast majority of the Freedom Caucus rejected Gates, gun control Nancy Mace, Ken, Liz Cheney, Buck, and the other reprobates as well. If Jim Jordan or another conservative is elected speaker, it'll be due to 210 or more Republicans electing one of them because without the votes of the GOP caucus, there is no Republican speaker. So no matter what happens, even if the speaker ends up more conservative than Kevin McCarthy, more America first than Kevin McCarthy, it's not Matt Gates who gets the credit. It's Hakeem Jeffries and all those Democrats, because again, Matt Gates joined the Democrats. Matt Gates plus seven joined the Democrats. That is what we are being told by these very people, these very, very staunch conservatives. But that is absolutely not what happened. The Republican establishment joins with the Democrats for everything. The uniparty right and the uniparty left are the same thing, working in concert, working in tandem to push the global agenda forward while convincing the public they are actually doing the work of the people from different viewpoints and their job is very hard, which is why they simply never accomplish anything for the people. All of this while the global regime's agenda moves steadily forward. It's very hard work accomplishing anything for the people, but the global regime agenda is always implemented smoothly. The uniparty right helps the uniparty left all the time. They are partners in the same cause. Republicans help Democrats all the time. Which Republicans, MAGA Republicans or establishment Republicans? Well, it's establishment Republicans, of course, because all of them were doing it before MAGA existed. Why do we have to play stupid about any of this? We're not stupid. 
We don't need to pretend to be stupid because we are told Mark Levin is smarter. Mark Levin has more gravitas. Therefore, the things he says are right, even when he is lying and supporting the regime blatantly for all to see reprobates. Again, this guy's reported net worth is somewhere around $200 million. And hey, he's a very popular radio and television host. Has he earned that money? You can argue that he has. I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to that money, but let's understand what his job is. His job is marketing the agenda and the needs of the regime to people who self-identify as conservative. Matt Gates and those seven other Republicans brought the motion forward. Democrats joined them. Maybe they just wanted chaos among the Republican caucus. Maybe they thought this would slow down the impeachment of Joe Biden. But that, of course, is an optical excuse for something else that is definitely going on. Joe Biden's not getting impeached. And most Democrats would actually like to shuffle Joe Biden off the stage. So it's probably not for that. But in no way whatsoever did Matt Gates join the Democrats in this project. He brought the motion to vacate. The Republicans even thought about renominating Kevin McCarthy, assuming that they could get some Democrats to come with them, replacing those eight MAGA Republicans and get McCarthy back in there. And now, because Mark Levin's argument on all that was so bad, he's saying that even if we end up with a more conservative speaker, which was the point of Gates doing this to begin with, Matt Gates doesn't get the credit Hakeem Jeffries does. As if this was all part of Hakeem Jeffries' big plan. Recruit Matt Gates so we can get rid of Kevin McCarthy and replace him with someone more conservative. Mark Levin thinks this is smart. He is basically trying to come up with a lie that will sound convincing and then people will believe it because of his gravitas. Now, why is he doing this? Is he trying to burn down his reputation? Well, it's clear that there's no choice about that at this point. He is making it obvious that this is existential for him. He is going to see this through to the end, even if it requires insulting his own audience to no end. Apparently, all of that is worth it. Why is he doing this? Why are all of them doing this? Well, I think it might have something to do with the fact that there is this one week delay until this vote. And in that week, these members are meant to go return home to their district. And when they're in their district, it's possible that they will be interacting with their constituents. Although I suspect some of them will avoid that at all costs. Mark Levin tried applying this kind of pressure before this vote so that the vote would never happen, that McCarthy would just stay and that this can all be pushed aside. And then they would begin an all out effort to attack Matt Gates in any way possible so that everyone can see the punishment that comes when you try to stand up to the uniparty right and its media. They lost that battle, but they want to win this next battle. They want to put enough pressure on normal people so that they will think the establishment really does have the right idea. They want to scare them out of supporting what's going on right now. And if they're able to do that, those people will then communicate to their representatives 
and their representatives will then feel confident moving forward, maybe working with Democrats, choosing someone more establishment. Levin and all of Con Inc. Media and many of these sellout rhino politicians want to be able to support the unit party going into this voting process so they can close this out quickly, get a new speaker that can represent the unit party, but who will be accepted by MAGA, and then we can all move on. That is what Levin and all of them are doing this for. This is an effort to get normal Republicans around the country to support the establishment and thereby support the Uniparty and maintain their system of control in the House. They are going to try to replace McCarthy with someone in the Uniparty. These are the people they're going to put up. And so we should be suspicious of anyone who is put up and then widely supported by the Republican establishment. This is not a time for compromise with these people. And there won't be any time for compromise next year either. We are in a rhino tracking period for the foreseeable future. And here's the thing. We have all the leverage and all the control. We don't have to do any of their things. The only downside would be not having a speaker of the house. And that is no downside at all. The best potential speaker we could have is no speaker at all. What do we expect this Congress to accomplish? If there is a speaker there, all they will do, they have proven that all they will do is create and spend more money on the back of the American taxpayer to implement an agenda no one wants. Why even have a Republican Congress in that scenario? It means nothing. The Democrats can't pass anything. There's no chance that any America first or MAGA legislation would go to Joe Biden and get signed. So what's the point? This way, we can't pass any new spending. Joe Biden actually talked about this yesterday. Here it is. Have you, have you, have you if, I, if I may, um, without additional funding, how long will the United States be able to support Ukraine? We can support Ukraine in the next tranche that we need. And there is another means by which we may be able to uh, find funding for that, but I'm not going to get into that now. Mr. President, have you promised President Zelensky attacks for Ukraine? Say again. Have you promised President Zelensky during his visit in the White House that you would provide attacks, the long-range missiles for Ukraine? I have spoken with Zelensky, and everything he's asked for, we've worked out. Mr. President, tell us a little bit more about the speech you're going to give. What, what argument are you going to make? <laughs> Why don't you wait and listen to it? I'm going to make the argument that it's overwhelmingly in the interest of the United States of America that Ukraine succeed. And it's overwhelmingly in our interest. I've spent two and a half years putting together coalitions that no one thought could be put together. And of course, he drones on about Ukraine and whatever else. But the point is, he's saying, oh, we're going to just use a different funding mechanism. And I'm sure that we will get to see that. That's just further exposure of corruption. And all of that is wonderful. But without a speaker, they can't do more Ukraine funding. Now, how can Donald Trump end the Ukraine-Russia conflict in a day? Simply cut off the funding. It's not Ukraine over there fighting their own war. The whole point of this is laundering weapons and money and maintaining a proxy state. 
Yet another reason why the Uniparty and the global regime are freaking out that McCarthy's not there. They might lose out on their Ukraine funding. And then how are you going to do China and Taiwan with no funding? The best speaker might be no speaker at all. But let's get back to Mark Levin for just another second. So he says all of this, this entire diatribe about making Matt Gates look like the bad guy, even if it produces a more conservative speaker, which he keeps mentioning is Jim Jordan. It's going to be Jim Jordan, not anybody else. Again, best potential speaker in my mind, no speaker at all. Let's just go with it and see how it goes. Let's see what life is like when Congress can do no work at all. Matt Gates, the villain for getting rid of McCarthy and still a villain to be given no credit whatsoever if this process produces a more conservative speaker, according to Mark Levin. All that says is Mark Levin cares about supporting the global regime. That is the point throughout this entire thing. And he's trying to prime his listeners to support another establishment uniparty Republican replacing Kevin McCarthy and doing it soon because this is so, so important. Well, the response on that post was very, very bad for Mark Levin. He had, out of nearly a million views, only 2,389 likes, nearly a million views. He had 5,518 replies. That is called getting ratioed really, really hard. Replies to likes for a decent or average post should be one to 10. Mark Levin has it at like 2.4 to 1 in the wrong direction. Having anything close to equal replies and likes is a bad ratio. Having 2.4 to 1 replies to likes is a terrible, awful ratio. That means basically everybody in the replies is telling Mark Levin how disappointed they are in him, how stupid this idea is, asking him, what is wrong with you? And you can go to the post and see exactly that. I, of course, left my meme telling him you sound vaccinated. My meme, 18 replies, 883 likes. That is nearly a 50 to one ratio in the right direction. So my reply to Mark Levin was received far better than Mark Levin's post on Mark Levin's own channel. And who are the people replying in anger to my post? Ron supporters and Democrats, just like every post I respond to by the DeSantis simps. It is now mostly uniparty left wannabe centrist morons supporting Ron DeSantis online, which is unsurprising because most of Ron DeSantis's supporters are uniparty right wannabe centrists who still want to participate in the culture propped up by the uniparty left or whose social circles are riddled with communists. Because somewhere along the way, Ron became the guy they could all get along about. The uniparty left wannabe centrists know that the woke thing and the gender thing, oh, those go too far. And the race thing, that goes too far. And I do care quite a bit about the environment and sustainability, but I can see that Joe Biden is not the right person to take us forward. And we can't have Donald Trump so Ron DeSantis does seem like a good option. Ron has now carved out this new support base between Bill Maher 
and the rest of his campaign and how anti-Trump they are, he has carved out this new support base of actual avowed leftists, like people who repost MSNBC contributors while supporting Ron. And I'm trying to come up with the right name for these people. I think I'm going to go with meatball Marxists, but I'm not 100% sure. So just a minute ago, I was talking about how we're being told how important it is that these bodies are able to govern. And that is one of the new arguments we hear from the mainstream now. People on the uniparty right say it, the uniparty left all say it all the time. Oh, these people don't have the ability to govern. These are not serious people. What we need is to have the adults back in the room. Hey, you told us the adults were back in the room when the uniparty left voted for Joe Biden and the uniparty right said, yep, those are real votes. You told us that the adults would be back in the room then. You can't trust those MAGA people. They're always spreading their feces on the wall. People really believe that MAGA people do that and did that on January 6th. We are the low class people, the rubes, the unwashed masses. We cannot be trusted with anything, much less formal power. And the thing that people don't realize that people fail to realize still apparently is that we are the ones with the power. We are the ones with the leverage. Donald Trump is the one with the leverage. Everyone watched, or you can watch if you missed it, Donald Trump and the Speaker of the House vote in the 15th round back in January. I did an entire episode on that in the days following that Speaker vote. Trump signaled the end of that vote. Trump's guy became Speaker at a time of Trump's choosing. Everyone watched that and Trump and MAGA are responsible for eliminating Kevin McCarthy. So the uniparty speaker of the house was hand chosen the manner of his entry and approval. His election to that position was conducted and directed by Donald Trump. And then his exit was similarly directed and conducted by Donald Trump and MAGA. Matt Gates being the avatar of MAGA in that situation as he was, by the way, in the speaker election process back in January. Donald Trump was praised back then by these people for supporting Kevin McCarthy, ending that process, Kevin McCarthy becoming the Speaker of the House. And now Trump and MAGA are hated for getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. What do they support in both instances? The Uniparty. Did they melt down about MAGA both times? Yup. Does that mean that they are our allies? Absolutely not. They are not our allies. But what else does it mean? It means Trump just directed the entire situation surrounding who the Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States of America is. Donald Trump directed that. These people have melted down both times. These same people say Donald Trump is weak and unpopular. He has no power. He's going to lose ultimately. In fact, what has he ever won since 2016? That's these people saying that. Should they be taken seriously? Do you take them seriously? Why would you? There is no reason to take these people seriously. They are liars and frauds. They are deceiving you about what their actual motivations are. You cannot direct who the Speaker of the House is while being weak and unpopular. The clamor to get rid of Matt Gates is coming from only the people 
who support Ron DeSantis. Many of them got vaccinated. Nearly all of them supported our war efforts in Ukraine. All of them deny election fraud or are happy to see the regime cover it up and simply move on because they don't want to look back. How is it that all of those people support all of those things and reliably do so over time? How is it that all of those people have been aligned with the GOP establishment for decades now as the country has fallen apart? How are those people considered the true conservatives? And if they're not the true conservatives, isn't it time we showed that to everyone? All of these people are liars and frauds supporting the global regime. That's what it means to be rhino tracking. We need to be able to figure these things out and show everybody. We are given all of these stories one after another that allow us to see who and what these people actually are. All we need to do is accept it. We need to shed our prior understanding and our prior notion about who these people are. We need to understand that these are not our friends, not our allies until they have proven it. Because the truth is they are strangers on television and they are getting paid a lot of money to do the things they're doing. Who is paying them that money? Where is that money coming from? What is the source of these people's power? Because it doesn't seem to be their competence. It doesn't seem to be their commitment to their constituents. What exactly is it? And by the way, they are in opposition to America first and America first principles. I said this yesterday on social media. The con ink losers actually think that attempting to convince the vast majority of the country to come on board with an America first agenda is a losing strategy. That is what we are told. MAGA should not try to appeal to other Americans of goodwill and good faith to get them to come on board with us. That doesn't mean we compromise any principles, certainly not conservative ones. We don't compromise any policy positions because why would we? We have the leverage. Everyone as they wake up moves in our direction. It's not the opposite. We don't need to beg for support. Conservatives say that they want a society that represents the will of the people. That is what they say all the time. They talk about free speech. Oh, it's now a new thing to talk about censorship on Twitter among conning people. They want to seize that mantle, even though they did and said absolutely nothing when real people on the conservative side, MAGA people, were being kicked from platforms completely. These people care about censorship as part of their brand. They don't really care. So they don't care about the will of the people. They don't care about coalition building. They say they care about winning elections, but they don't want to build the coalition. What they really don't want is for anything to go in a direction that does not support the uniparty and its agenda that does not support the controlled opposition paradigm. That is what empowers these people. That is what enriches these people. They don't want to go in any direction but that. But you see, MAGA cares about America first. We don't care about the controlled opposition paradigm. We don't care about supporting the uniparty. And we won't pretend to in order to be considered good Republicans. Good Republicans are people who actually support America first principles. And it's weird that these people don't believe it. It's weird that they're proud of not believing it. Oh, our institutions, our institutions. Appealing to Americans of goodwill and good faith is apparently a losing strategy, according to these people. 
But we keep doing our thing and the coalition keeps building. It doesn't matter where those people come from. It matters if they're of goodwill and good faith and they want good things for America because they want good things for their family and for themselves and for the places that they live. What does the position Con Inc. has taken say about their belief in the value of the American voter or their commitment to America? What does it say about their brand of conservatism? No one is going to believe that MAGA is courting Democrats. Democrats think they hate us more than Con Inc. actually does. MAGA is exposing the system so every American of goodwill and good faith joins our project. The policy details can be figured out later. Less government equals less policy, period, which is just another reason why it might be a great idea to have no speaker for the foreseeable future. Why don't conservatives believe any of this stuff anymore? And why are they trying so hard to rule us by promising us policies? No one is out there demanding more policies. Let's take a second and hear from Mitch McConnell, because Mitch McConnell has his own standards for what he thinks should happen when a new Speaker of the House is elected. He has no advice on who it should be, but he knows that the motion to vacate should be done away with. Check this out. I'd like to start by thanking Speaker McCarthy for his service. Uh, we had a great personal relationship uh, trying to lead to very different uh, parts of the American government. Uh, I think he has much to be uh, proud of. Uh, we avoided a government shutdown. We did the inevitable with regard to the debt ceiling. And I'm one person who's extremely grateful for his service. <clears throat> I have no advice to give uh, to House Republicans except one. I hope whoever the next speaker is gets rid of the motion to vacate. I think it makes the speaker's job impossible. And the American people expect us to have a functioning government. On the Senate side, we need to get our as many appropriation bills passed as possible. The majority leader has indicated that's what he would like to do as well, and he'll have plenty of cooperation from us in trying to achieve as close to a regular appropriations process as we possibly can. So Mitch has no advice for the House because that's not his place, except for, of course, just this one piece of advice. Get rid of that motion to vacate. Make it so that members cannot bring that motion to vacate. Make it so that whoever becomes the new speaker cannot be removed. That's what we need. And then what we're going to do is install by whatever means possible, a speaker who will represent the uniparty and be there for the rest of the time. Now, why do we need that? Because if the motion to vacate is there, the speaker's job becomes impossible. Well, how is that? Because you see, the speaker's job on the Republican side with a Republican majority that could pass legislation all on its own, the speaker should just be able to figure out how to get the entire conference to agree on one thing, right? That's what representing Republican views does. 
But instead, everything has to be bipartisan, which means that according to Mitch and according to the establishment, the speaker's job is to figure out how to get enough Republicans to compromise with enough Democrats so that the global regime agenda can be pushed forward. That's the purpose of the uniparty, the uniparty right, working with the uniparty left to push the uniparty agenda forward, not the uniparty right, working with America first Republicans to figure out a compromise that then they can pass forward. Nope. It's the uniparty right working with the uniparty left. Now you might say, well, the conditions are different in the Senate. And if we want to pass legislation, then it's going to need to go to the Senate and get through the Senate. And if we want to pass legislation, it's going to need to be signed by the president who's a Democrat. So we're going to have to work with the Democrats at every stage of this process in order to pass legislation. Well, all of that assumes that passing legislation is a good thing. Passing legislation is not a good thing by itself. In the abstract, there's nothing good about passing legislation. All of these politicians say that the American people send them to Washington to govern. All of this is about governing. The American people want good governance. The American people send legislators to Washington, D.C. so they can legislate. Well, no, not really. The American people send members of Congress to Washington, D.C., to do the things the people were told those members would go do. And those members never go do that. Those members actually just figure out how to facilitate advancement in the implementation of that global regime agenda and then sell it to the people back home. The Congress has like 9% approval. By what standard do the American people want the Congress to legislate? We don't want to be governed by these people. That is the most clear possible signal that virtually no one approves of what the Congress is doing. And oh, I know. Well, everybody approves of their own congressman. Oh, sure they do. Sure they do. Is that because their own congressman seems so much better than the alternative? Well, fine. But that's because that's how the whole thing is set up. That's the point of the uniparty right and the uniparty left, the controlled opposition dynamic. Now, the first time there has ever been a true alternative presented, all systems of power have been engaged to make sure that people don't understand that thing as an alternative, except for the worst alternative possible. Democrats can't sell that notion on their own. They can't sell the controlled opposition dynamic on their own. They need partners. The uniparty left partners with the uniparty right. They partner in advancing that agenda forward. Mitch McConnell just came out and said it. He said the Senate is going to do all the work they can on appropriations. That's figuring out how to spend your money or at least whatever value is produced through your indentured servitude over the course of your life and your children's lives, your grandchildren's lives, and so on down through the generations. Mitch McConnell wants to have all of that spending, that appropriations legislation complete so that as soon as they install a speaker in the House, the House can then pass those same appropriations and the money flow can continue. Mitch McConnell just said that explicitly. And people are like, no, you're really mixing up his words. 
and making them mean something else. That's a conspiracy theory. Listen to it again and tell me what he meant. If not exactly what I said, he said that they are going to advance appropriations as much as they can. They're going to get all their work done so that the house can do their work because now they are up against the deadline of this continuing resolution, this 45 day thing that they thought was going to solve everything. Get that Ukraine money spent. Keep this thing rolling. We'll make it into the holidays. We'll get that omnibus put together. We'll get an up or down vote on that, which will of course have to be up. And then everybody will go forget about it over Christmas. We'll come back into next year. We'll have all the money we need. All of that money will be laundered to whatever places it needs to be laundered to so that it can be spent on keeping the uniparty in power again and setting down, however possible, this whole Trump thing. That is legitimately what these people are doing and what they are trying to fund. They are trying to fund the war in Ukraine, the quote unquote war in Ukraine, Russia's brutal invasion. They are trying to Continue funding that because it is a threat to our democracy. The Democrats can't do that on their own. They need the help of Republicans. Are they going to get the help of MAGA Republicans? Is Matt Gates going to help the Democrat Party fund the war in Ukraine? No, he sure isn't. In fact, no one has been more adamantly opposed to that in the Congress, as far as I'm aware, than Matt Gates. Has Mitch McConnell opposed? Funding the war in Ukraine? No, he sure hasn't. Did Kevin McCarthy oppose that? No, he sure didn't. In fact, all of those people work with Democrats to keep the uniparty agenda moving forward. Democrats can't do that all on their own. They need Republican help. MAGA won't give it to them. The uniparty right will and has and continues to. But now that is being disrupted and MAGA is being blamed for doing the thing that almost all of the American people want done. And what do we see in response? All of Con Inc., the GOP establishment, the elite, all the Ron D. Santa supporters, every standard issue uniparty right villager out there is going up against MAGA as they always have before on everything that matters in order to continue supporting the advancement of that global regime agenda in opposition to the will of the American people. And we are being told that MAGA is helping the Democrats do that. These people are insane. This argument is insane. It's not going to work, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop trying it. And what we are going to see is a whole lot of new people signing up to that program right in front of everyone. We're going to see that throughout this speaker process. And the longer that process goes on, the more we're going to see it. So guess how much of that process I want all of it. Let's not have a speaker until we have a whole new round of elections. Let's put each and every one of those congressmen up for election before they're allowed to vote on any other issue aside from this speaker election. And let's see what they do. And let's judge them at absolutely every turn based on whether what they're doing is working to help the global regime implement its agenda or is committed to America first principles. It's really, really simple. But we actually have to watch and observe with an open mind. And we have to get rid of all these attachments to these people we pretend are our friends or allies. They're not. 
They're showing you that they aren't. They are showing you that they don't care about the will of the American voter. They are actively opposing a movement that is committed only to America first principles. If they can't argue why their agenda is good for America and America first beyond the rest of the world, then what in the world are we doing by giving them any support? What are their conservative principles? What does it mean to be conservative? If you can support the global regime's agenda over an America first agenda and not even be able to explain why that global regime agenda is actually good for America and good for Americans. And they don't even try to explain it because of course they can't. Anyone who is the slightest bit familiar with that agenda wants no part of it because it's terrible. It's anti-human. It's anti-God. And these people continue to support it while telling you that they are principled conservatives and expecting you to believe them. Because if you don't, if you don't do everything they say, they're going to say that you're the enemy too and try to put a target on your back. And these are the people we're meant to believe are protecting our fundamental rights and protecting the American constitution. But that's preposterous. And now we are entering open season for rhino tracking, not hunting. See that feds, not hunting. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!